You are listening to a message from Thrive Community Church, a church located in Southwest Florida. For more info, visit us at thrive-fl.org. It's great to have you all here today, and welcome to Thrive, both those who are online and you who are here in person. It's good to see you back again. We are starting a new series today called Fathom. It's going to be for six weeks where we walk through the letter of Ephesians, one message per chapter of the book, okay? And what we are trying to do is to fathom the breadth and length and height and depth of the love of God in Jesus Christ. That's actually taken from Ephesians chapter 3, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, But before we do that, I want to share with you uh, that we've got a couple things coming up. We have Ash Wednesday this Wednesday. It's uh, a traditional time of reflection on the passion of Jesus Christ. It starts Wednesday and all the weekdays through till Easter. A time to reflect on what the cross was like for Jesus. And instead of having a service in person this year and all that stuff, we were trying, how do we do ashes or any of that stuff with COVID, right? We're just going to have it online, but I think it's going to be a nice time of reflection. It'll premiere at 6.30 this Wednesday, okay? And then this week, as Hunter had mentioned in the announcements ahead of time, this is, we're calling it Thrive Support Week, through these videos. Uh, We usually have a banquet. It's usually a great time. Everybody's kind of hanging out here, enjoying and celebrating what God has done. And and we hear wonderful personal testimonies and all of that type of stuff of what God has done here at Thrive over the year. And as a mission, we still ask for the larger body of Christ outside of Thrive to support us yet at this time as we are growing and as we are envisioning and looking forward to what God is doing next with us. And we are humbly trying to seek that out at this point in time. But instead of a banquet because of COVID-19 again, we are instead having a week of videos online and we really need you to help with those and basically share those videos once they're posted, just share them on your Social media accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Nextdoor. I don't know if any of you use that one. Um, Or even TikTok. I don't know if it really works with TikTok. I've never TikToked myself. I am so old school, right? Yeah, I know. And... um, but anyways, if you could share those videos, um, TikTok videos are usually really short, right? And some of these are like six or seven minutes long, so I don't know if they would work. Is what they are on TikTok, yeah. Okay, there you go. Put that on TikTok. <laughs> no, I don't know. Anyways, but we'd love for you to do that. So we're going to celebrate this week in a different way, uh, but we are asking for support. Now we're getting back to Ephesians, and um, here's a basic truth I want you to understand throughout this whole series, and that is as you fathom God's grace, you will live in freedom, joy, and love, okay? We're going to be exploring that in these six weeks, how when you fathom the grace of God, how that changes everything, everything. So um, why fathom? Why do we come up with this? Well, Um, It comes sort of, it's not actually the word used in the text, but it could have been. And that is in Ephesians chapter 3, 
Uh, it's a prayer of Paul he has, and this is where the theme came from. For this reason, he says, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have, the, have strength to comprehend, that word comprehend there, to grasp, to ascertain, to fathom, with all the saints, what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So we're going to kind of try to grasp, in a sense, the ungraspable, because how do you measure the love of God in Jesus Christ, the infinite love of God in Jesus Christ? Today we start, though, trying to do that, or... Maybe what, what's happening is that we are just, by the Holy Spirit, going to hear more of what God has to say about it. And hopefully at the end of the message, the, the, your basic response is, wow, what a Savior we have. It's the only thing. Just what a Savior we have. Not, wow, how great this church is, man. Sorry, James, not, wow, how great the band is, although it's good. Okay, And not, wow, how great... That pastor is, man, he's awesome. Um, <laughs> no, you know, none of that, none of that. Wow, what a savior we have. What an amazing story that God has put us in the middle of. And we're going to find out about that story now in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14, and we're going to read this. By the way, you can look all of this stuff up on the U version of the Bible and search, and you'll find Bible notes with the quotes that I use and all that stuff in there. And you can take notes and actually grasp a little more of it, maybe, or more long-term. Anyway, Ephesians 1, 3 to 14, guess what? It is one long run-on sentence in the Greek. Now, in the English translations, it's just impossible to um, have it as one long run-on sentence. Um, but it starts out like this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and on things on earth. In him we have redemption, obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. That's really one sentence in Greek. Boy, Paul needed a grammarian, I think. <laughs> no. Uh, it's, an, it's an amazing thing. What it's really doing is it's almost like a 30,000-foot view. Have you ever, um, in a, an airplane, when you're traveling across the country, look outside and you see either mountains or you see farm fields and stuff, and you get this 
incredible view of the landscape. Now, you don't get all the little particular, but you get this overall overarching view so you kind of understand a little more of the fullness of the picture. And that's what we're getting today. We're going to not just look at the trees, a couple trees, but we're going to look at the whole forest from before time started to where God is heading the entire world, all in this one passage, one sentence in Greek. Um, we're doing four points today, but they're going to be shorter. Okay? I'm trying. I'm really trying not to preach so long. I'm trying. Well, it's just hard. There's so much in it. We can't even cover everything in this passage today. But we're going to cover these four points. How God chooses to bless. What those blessings are. What God's choice means for God. And what God's choice results in you. Okay? And by the way, happy Valentine's Day. Okay? Um, happy Valentine's Day. I don't know how it's going to be for you. Um, it's, uh, some of you have already celebrated that that's a cool thing, and some of you hopefully will. Um, but um, I think today we're looking at fun fundamentally the love of God. It says, it will say in these verses, in love he predestined us. In love he chose us. And what in the world is that going to be about? But we're going to look at that. So our first point is how God chooses to bless and how it says it in this passage is that God has already. To fathom what God has done for you th this week, I want you to consider taking a post-it note and writing down just this phrase and placing it on your bathroom mirror so you see it every day. And I want you to repeat it with me. It's up on the screen right now. I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Let's do that again. I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. You know, what's fascinating is Paul doesn't say, you will be blessed, or you may be blessed, or you could possibly be blessed if, or if you just do, and if you just follow, then you will be. He says, you have been. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is just a powerful station saying that what God has done was so profound and so powerful for you and me and so incomprehensible that when you first believed, when you became a Christian, no matter when that was, you were given everything in Jesus Christ already in a nascent form, in like a seed-like form. It's all there. There's nothing more that you needed to receive or have. You were fully gifted by God's grace. It's everything that Jesus has earned, everything he has done, everything he accomplished is given to you, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Do you get why Fathom might be a good title for all that? I can't even comprehend everything. Every spiritual blessing in the heaven, uh, everything that God, all the treasures that God has ever had are yours now. And you go like, what? How? Why? Wow. Well, where, do you, where, where are they located? Again and again, this passage all the way through. It's such a common theme in um, the letters of Paul, you might pass over it not think anything of it. But here, from verse 3 through verse 13, it comes up many times. In him, that's where they're located. Who has blessed us in Christ? 
who ch he chose us in him. He has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption to unite all things in him. In him we have obtained an inheritance. In him you also were sealed with the Holy Spirit. All of these verses again and again, in him, in Christ, it's all there, it's all yours. You have every spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ. Maybe we should repeat that uh, line again, okay? I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Um, in Christ Jesus. What does it mean to be in Christ Jesus, right? And it, that's a kind of unity that God has brought about in your life and mine um, that I would, I would say let's explicate it this way. It's a legal and it's a vital unity. What I mean by legal is uh, many of you here today and happy Valentine's, um, you're married, right? Right? And if you're married, that's a legal unity, it's more than that, hopefully. <laughs> it's, it's not just a, uh, okay, now we are a, a legal entity before the, you know, the powers that be and all that stuff. They look at us and you know, we're in a different tax category, all that type of stuff. No, um, but it is a legal unity. And this is reflecting no one here and no one I know but it could be hypothetical. It might, have been, might be a good you know, Hallmark movie. Maybe it's been a Hallmark movie or two. I think it has. Um, okay, And that is that two people fall in love they're pre, before they're married, and one is uber wealthy. She's like the princess. And the other is uber in debt. He's the pauper, right? And that it's probably been a Hallmark movie, hasn't it? Yeah. But when they get married, all of a sudden, they share what they got. He gets to share all his debts with her. <laughs> and she gets to share all her wealth with him. And all of a sudden, all his debts are removed. That is what it's like to be united with Jesus Christ, that you... you you get to share all you bring into the relationship. And man, what I brought into that relationship with Jesus is a bunch of debt, moral, ethical, you, you name it, a deficit. I had nothing to give. There was no reason he'd want to be united with me, right? But what I get is everything that is his, everything he's owned earned, everything he has accomplished, everything that was his before the foundation of the world, and everything he accomplished by becoming a human being and living the perfect life and dying the perfect death has been given to me, and it's now mine. We are united, and we will never be separated. I am in Christ, and therefore I have received every spiritual blessing in him. So that's the legal idea. The vital idea is... Uh, the fact that you have received the very life of God in your own being when you believe that's what the Holy Spirit does. Now, this comes up as well in a passage of 2 Peter, where um, I know I skipped a slide there, so I apologize, but we're just moving on, okay? <laughs> and in 2 Peter, um, it says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become do you see that partakers of the divine nature? 
you have God's divine nature now living in you through the gift of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit comes to you. That is a vital connection. How Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And so his life lives in you now. Now, this is both challenging and also very encouraging. It basically means I have no excuses to live um, kind of the low life that I used to live before. I have no, uh, for falling into base desires and kind of cutting off that light, I have no excuses for that. But it also means because of the divine nature that God gives and the power through the Holy Spirit, that there is no habit that is so binding that cannot be freed and no past event that cannot be transformed by his grace and forgiveness and no wound that cannot be healed. That's very inspiring and encouraging. So God has chosen to bless you with every spiritual blessing in Christ, period. It's already done. So now the question is, what are those blessings? Because let me tell you, there's a lot of talk these days about being blessed by God. And often, what are the blessings people think of when they think they're being blessed? Big house. Anything else? Fast car. You're, you're on top of it today, Hunter. Yeah. Anybody else? Kids. The vaccine right now. It's just, can I be blessed with a vaccine? Um, um, a big bank account. Wonderful vacation. Comfort. Just a comfortable life. None of those are the blessings Paul's talking about in here. But he does elucidate three aspects of the blessings that we have here. The first, so what are those blessings? A, adoption. He says, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Now, adoption was something that happened in the Roman world at the time of Paul. And usually someone who was a wealthy kind of, um, uh, not an average citizen, but kind of like a uh, statesman or something, and was childless, would look around for an heir to hand over all of his estate to so it just wouldn't dissipate and he'd leave a legacy. And so often he might adopt somebody from his slaves or from someone in the community. But it was always, by the way, in Rome, a male. Sorry, girls, you were never adopted in this way. And Paul says here in this text, it's God adopts us in a more profound way. It is to receive the inheritance that he has for us. But it's also it was male and female, slave and free, Jew and Gentile. All are given equal access and equal adoption here, which is mind-blowing for that time and place. And on top of that, it wasn't just to pass on some inheritance. It says in our text, in love, he predestined us. He chose to adopt us. Now, think about it today, how we may adopt a child. Um, we don't wait for the child to grow up and figure out if it needs parents or not, or, you know. The child doesn't say, yeah, you know, let me see which family do I want, you know. Children are adopted before they can even think, they, before they can change their own, you know, clothing. They are adopted, they are chosen. And it's done for the sake of the child, right? 
That's the way God has adopted us. Before you ever chose him, he chose you. Before you even thought about him, he chose you. Before you could even love, he loved you. In love, he predestines us out of love. So you are adopted. That's one of the great spiritual blessings you have. B, redemption, he says. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. This is a word that was well known in the Greco-Roman world because um, redemption, do you know what redemption means? It means to be bought out of slavery. And so the word picture is basically, here you are stuck in chains and you're on the auction block and the highest, and there was a lot of slavery in Rome. In fact, I think seven out of, uh, one out of seven people were free in Rome and six out of seven in the city of Rome were slaves in one form or another. They were just parts of households. So um, while you just conquer people, you enslave them. And this says, no, you had been a slave, but God comes and the redemption is he pays the price to free you, to free you. Now you might say, well, <laughs> that's nice and anachronistic. I mean, I, so they were slaves and they understood that, but I'm not a slave to anything. I'm, I'm an American. I'm free. You know, land of the free, home of the brave. Um, not so fast. According to the Bible, we're all slaves in one form or another. Okay? I know it doesn't look like it, but boy, you know, and this is the question. What are you living for? What are you living for? If you're living for your career, be, to, um, in order to gain success, in order to gain significance, to get something out of that and say, wow, guess what? That's running your life. That's your master. It could be uh, popularity. It could be money. It could be uh, romance. It could be even for children. It could be something noble, some cause. But guess what happens? That becomes your master. That becomes the thing that you are enslaved to. And your career will not die for you, but you might die for it. And your popularity is not something that will actually sacrifice for you. You might sacrifice to gain it. Your money really doesn't care about you. But we have God in Christ, the only master who will not enslave you, who comes and through the precious blood of Jesus redeems you, buys you back so that you can be truly free. If the sun sets you free, as the song we just sang, you are free indeed. And the third, or C, final blessing we're going to look at today, there are more in this text, is fulfillment. And you might go like, what? And this comes in where it says, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and on earth. So God is bringing about a lot more than just like removing a couple of sins from you as like a dry cleaning business, get that spot off. No, it's not about that. Forgiveness is not just to get rid of something. Forgiveness is to establish a relationship so that you have this vital relationship, not, not, no longer alienated with God or anyone else, and you can live in unity. I don't think I have to tell you that this world, right now, everything seems to be falling apart. <laughs> right? Psychically, physically, sociologically, we seem to all be moving to disintegration. 
Everything seems to be falling apart. And what we have in Jesus Christ, his plan for you, for me, is that integration will happen. We will all be united in Jesus Christ. We will all find our fulfillment in him. We will all be gaining, finally, to a point where we are complete in Christ and have his very character for the rest of eternity. That is what God is planning for us. Those are the blessings in the spiritual places that Paul mentions. The people in Ephesus who were receiving this letter had been facing persecution. They had been facing all sorts of things. They were, and he doesn't talk about them having an easy life. And none of that. It is the deeper divine meaning that God has for you, that you're adopted, that you're redeemed, that you will have fulfillment in him and live in the fullness of the kingdom of God forever in his fellowship. So, um, well, that's God's choice. But what does God's choice actually mean for God? Have you ever thought about that? You know, um, when I make a choice, (laughs) I have no idea what I'm getting into most of the time. Have you ever, you know? You buy a car, you have no idea. You know, you hope it. You get some guarantees, but... You don't realize all the bills that you're going to have with the car. Uh, The best example I can give, uh, our family, when I think Justin was five and Emma was two, we decided to adopt a dog. Um, His name was by, according to uh, Justin, Railroad. He was actually a train wreck. We should have called him that instead. He had post-traumatic stress, like crazy. We didn't realize any of this. He just looked cute. We brought him home. He was uncontrollable at times. And uh, over the course of three to four months, after our dog obedience, after we spent all this money on trying to get this dog to where we needed it, he was still unpredictably becoming aggressive and biting our children, our friends, and everyone. And the last straw was when we were just having a good time, and then he just jumps up and bites Justin right in the nose. And it's like, that's it. Do you understand? If we would have known that ahead of time, we'd have never adopted. We would never have chosen that. What does God's choice mean? He knew. He knew much more. Railroad was nothing compared to what I've done, what you've done, what we've done together to God. How he knew it would mean heartbreak. He knew it would mean betrayal. He knew it would mean absolute hell to go through. What's fascinating is Ephesians is telling us here that because God chose us before the foundation of the world, that before God ever said, let there be light, He had already chosen and said, let there be a cross and let my son die for this world. Isn't that just astounding? That's that 30,000 foot view and you're going like, wow. You have all of this. That's called the gospel that God has freely chosen. He didn't need to do any of this stuff. He could have just said, forget about it. Walk away. He knew ahead of time, and he still created this world. He still created you. He wanted you. He has always wanted you. He has redeemed you through his son. He paid the price, and he knew about it even before. He said, let there be light. 
And what does God's choice actually result for you? So understanding this, like I said at the beginning of the sermon, the best thing that can happen is say, wow, what a savior. That comes up in a sense in these three times in this passage again and again, Ephesians 1, 6 and verse 12 and verse 14. There's a phrase that keeps getting repeated by Paul because he just can't help himself. And that is to the praise of his glory. In other words, what happens in your life and mine is the result is like, wow, what a savior to the praise of his glory. Glory is seeing the beauty. Glory is going like, this is amazing. This is incredible. I can't get enough of this. There is no such thing as too much good news from God, too much love, too much of what Jesus has done for you. And you just can't get enough, right? And you can't stop talking about it. That's what starts happening in our lives. We are free to do all these things. Um, Martin Lloyd-Jones, a uh, pastor, uh, evangelist, uh, back in Great Britain, um, was a phenomenal pastor. He used a diagnostic question when he'd meet somebody on the subway or wherever he was in, um, in London. He would ask them this question, and he could tell where they were really at about everything through the answer to it. And the question was simply this, are you a Christian? And depending on how they answered, he knew that they were either saying to the praise of his glory or there was something else going on. They were glorifying in something else. When he would hear someone say, and he'd say, are you a Christian? And they'd say, well, I'm working on it. I hope so. I'm trying. He knew they were not glorying in the grace of Jesus Christ, and they hadn't received that understanding of God's grace and comprehension. Instead, they were focused on themselves. They were glorying in their own abilities. They were trying to get there, and they didn't get it. It's not about you trying to get there. It's that God has come to you and blessed you with everything in Jesus Christ already out of his grace, out of his love. Did you get it? Now, if somebody responded and said, are you a Christian? And they said, well, of course I am. He'd also have kind of a hmm thinking because it sounds like they thought it was based on their being such a good person and they were entitled. And of course, like anyone in civilized society, they were a Christian. And that's also kind of a misbelief. And he's going like, no, that's not it. You know, that's not it. But if a person responded and said, are you a Christian? They said, yes, it's an amazing thing. I can't, you know, like, look at me. (laughs) I'm a mess. But by God's grace, right? He goes, bingo, bingo, to the praise of his glory, to the praise of his glory. So let's recall this phrase. I want you to really consider doing this because what we've just done is try to fathom this a little more and the difference it makes. So let's say it again together. I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. So let's continue to fathom God's love and God's choice we see here in Ephesians 1. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you this day. (laughs) Wow. What a savior you are. That you would choose us. That you would choose to suffer for us. That you would put yourself through it all. That you would sacrifice your son to have us. We are in shock. And how we... (laughs) And that you would bless us with 
redemption, with adoption, with the whole fulfillment, with a bright future, a complete future because of your grace, Lord God. Help us to fathom the height and depth and length and uh, width of your love for us, Lord. We ask, Lord, because of your love and mercy and compassion, there are people right now in our church that we ask and place before your throne right now. So we think of Helen as she is hospitalized with COVID and receiving treatment. We pray, Lord, your healing hand upon her today. We lift up to you, Evelyn. We thank you that you brought her through a very torturous time and that the doctors finally figured out the infection. And now, Lord, we pray for her healing, her return to her family, her ability to go through the physical therapy. We pray that we would come alongside of her and her family as well, Lord God, as uh, this has been a traumatic time, Lord God, through this uh, unusual infection and, and um, everything else, Lord. We pray for what she may need and her family need in terms of just uh, basic food and care, uh, with her not in work for a while. We lift up to you Chris Rodriguez, who has suffered so many things, Lord God, and we don't understand all the things that she's going through at this time, but we pray, Lord God, that you'd bring your healing to her and you give wisdom to the doctors as she's hospitalized. We lift up to you, O oh Lord, um, this a congregation. And as we are going through a time where we are seeking your will and trying to figure out how you want us to grow into the character of Jesus Christ, that we reflect your mercy and grace more to this world and the direction for our future, Lord. We pray for your guidance and direction and that we would be able to pursue this together. We pray for our community, Lord. So many people are confused and hurting and struggling. So many people are looking for blessings in all the wrong places, Lord, when they are in Christ. And we have everything that we need in you, Lord. We pray that you would make us messengers of your grace, that we can share with them this beautiful message that God wants them, that you want them, Lord, that you have done everything for them, and that they can be saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So help us, Lord, do that more. Bless this week, Lord, and all that is going on in our lives. We pray that you would uh, continue to work your mercy and grace in all of us. And Lord, we want to just get it, <laughs> you know, just to see you more and less of ourselves so that we get the height and depth and breadth and width of the love that you have for us in your son. In his name we pray these things. Amen.